Hey, welcome to Tangible Takeaways, episode 37. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to talk about how abiding in Christ is an ongoing process of evaluation. Yeah, well, thanks, Jackson. It's fun to be here, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, the whole passage in John 15 is great, and I think it's just a good reminder for all of us uh, to uh, have our actions match our words. And one of the things that I like to say sometimes, Jackson, you know, people will say actions, uh, my actions speak louder than words. I like saying my actions speak louder with words. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Jack, thanks for being on. Oh, you're welcome, Jackson. It's fun to be here. Yeah. Uh, and this weekend was a kind of unique weekend. Yep. A, you were teaching, which doesn't normally happen. Well, it's been about 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as far as Victorville goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so you're, you're teaching this weekend with Kurt and with George, and yeah. it's this kind of Mercer celebration weekend, celebrating just kind of the faithfulness of Pastor Tom, who's been right. here for 38 years, which you've been yeah. here for well, how many of those years? Well, 37 and a half. Tom came in uh, February of 84, and I came in October of 84. So it's yeah. you guys were right there kind of through the whole thing together. So yep. just kind of talk about this weekend and just what yeah, felt. Yeah, you know, it was kind of an interesting weekend, Jackson, because it was kind of, we're trying to do two things at once. As you know, we're pretty Bible-centered. We wanted to teach a passage but at the same time we wanted to honor Tom. So it was kind of a tension there because you're trying to do both things at the same time. And I, I honestly feel like we did a good job. That's an arrogant statement. But, <laughs> but you know, I'd encourage people to log on and see it because I think it was a great time to honor Tom. But we also got to go through John chapter 15 in our sequence as we're going through the book of John. And I felt like it, it was able to accomplish both. We, we got some good comments about both parts of it, honoring yeah. our brother and and uh, being able to preach. And it was fun to do it with George and Kurt because those guys have been with me for, George with me for 36 years and, and uh, Kurt, I think around 24, 25. Yeah. So lots of history. Yeah, a lot of longevity there. And even as you're kind of, you know, this weekend was a big weekend for just reflecting on yeah. ministry and the life and faithfulness and legacy of Pastor Tom. Right. I mean, what, what stands out to you in that? You obviously have one of the most unique perspectives yeah, you know, being here uh, for the whole thing. You know, I'm a Bible guy, and I honestly have loved Tom's teaching because he's Bible-centered, believes in the authority of the Scriptures, and so that's a big deal to me and obviously to him. Uh, and so just to stand at the side and see that, you know, has been good. You know, it was actually kind of a related thing. It was kind of crazy for me because we, we wanted to keep the script pretty tight. And because we had kind of a little bit of a dog and pony show going on. <laughs> and uh, so it, it really inhibited me because I'm such a goof and I like being spontaneous and stupid. And, <laughs> and I was kind of tied to my script. Yeah, you were you, you're in a box there. I'm in a box, yeah. you know, and it was, so it was kind of funny. I was telling my wife, I said, this is hard. Normally when I'm preaching or teaching, I can just be an idiot and, and go on and on and, you know. And you have the microphone. Nobody's and I have the microphone, anything. I can do what I want. Something pops in my head, I'll say it, but not this time. Yeah. I was locked in on what we were trying to communicate from the passage, which is, right and healthy uh, but as far as a personal taste and a personal approach yeah. you know back in the early years jackson i used i was our sub you know now we got great teachers on our team so probably about 10 years ago we i i stopped doing that regularly but i was probably preaching maybe 10 times a year maybe 15 depending on schedule and stuff and in the early years we had uh, 
Sunday night service. Oh yeah, historically. Yeah. So uh, he and I would do we'd switch off every Sunday night. So I was doing Sunday nights every other week, and and uh, I actually did the Wednesday night adult Bible study when Tom and I got together, and Tom did the youth group <laughs> on Wednesday night because he was only 29 yeah. years old. I made that stupid comment yesterday in the service. I said, "What was this church thinking yeah. when they hired this 29-year-old guy to run yeah. this place?" You know. And uh, I was making fun about that. Nobody got my joke. But yeah, it was a joke. <laughs> yeah, you're like today. I would not hire him. Yeah. To... No, probably not for yeah. 29. Yeah. You know, but no. uh, but it was fun. And and so we had a whole different rhythm back then. We did different things. And yeah. And but it was funny in the early years, first couple of years, Tom functioned as our senior pastor and our youth pastor. Yeah. And I took the adults and did Wednesday night prayer pretty, groups and Sunday night. So that was kind of funny. Pretty unique handoff. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, well, what a cool weekend. And even as you said, the text really lent itself yes. to even reflecting on that. Like it yeah. wasn't something that was being forced on the text. It was a really good text to yeah. um, reflect on a legacy of faithfulness because um, the text really is all about faithfulness and yes. fidelity to Christ. Yes. And this big image of the vine and the branches and fruitfulness, all of yeah. that comes up and it kind of becomes a really big image for us as it relates to our Christian walk. Like what stands out to you about that image? Why do you think it ends up being so significant? Well, it's, you, you know, you kind of talked about it. I mean, when we talk about the vine and the branches, uh, you know, one of the things that I really wanted to drive home yesterday is that verse in verse five where it says, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And I like the old term, not so much remaining. Yeah. I like the abiding term. Now, maybe some folks won't relate to that as well, but just me growing up with that term, it really sank in early in my Christian life where I needed to abide. And I think, I think it's good for us to remember too, when we're abiding, that produces production. I think sometimes we reverse that and we try to produce good works or maybe in our own efforts, yeah. in a self-effort kind of a thing, but that comes secondary after the abiding part. Yeah. And, I, and it's one of those verses that I say often to myself, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, we do self-talk and that was the one that would probably rotate through my mind quite frequently in different situations. But I, I think it's significant in that way and, uh, and I do think the whole metaphor or whatever you want to call it, the vine and the branches, we need to be connected to the vine. And as a branch, we can accomplish nothing apart that without the resource that God gives us through the vine. Yeah. And it's, it is such a beautiful, I feel like it captures the the power dynamic yes. of the relationship, right? The branch doesn't need mm -hmm. the vine, or like the branch needs the vine, but the vine doesn't need the branch, right? Yeah. Like it really captures a lot of what's going on yeah. there. And I think you're pointing out a pretty significant issue for us that we like, we tend to think that our doing for God will yes. lead to being with him. Uh -huh. That if I do enough stuff for him, I can maybe earn the favor to be with him. Right. But Jesus, he reverses it. He says that our doing flows out of our being. That's right. Good way. I like what you said there, Jackson, because that's so true. So true. You know, one of the passages that we lend, we naturally went to, because sometimes, you know, there's a, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, there's a bit of debate what fruit actually means. Mm. You know, a lot of evangelists will say it's all tied to fruit being winning people to Christ. Yeah, go get some souls. Go get some souls. Yeah. And, then, and then we, you know, I think the better description really is, in Galatians 5, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, 
but I, I think you could build a case for the other one too. There's a verse in Romans 1.13 that talks about when Paul was going to Rome, he wanted to, and one translation uses the word harvest, but in the New Living Translation, it uses fruit. Mm. So I, I think it's a fair argument, but I also think you know a better description to me is the fruit of the Spirit, that character stuff. And, I, and we know this even from our Oikos philosophy, the more you and I walk with Christ, the more we have a better relationship with Christ. That just enhances our, our message, our power, our authority to those in our Oikos yeah. because they can see a different kind of life, a life that uh, manifests, hopefully, love, joy, peace, patience, that whole thing. Yeah, they don't Galatians just see what 5. we say, they see what we do. That's right. Yeah. But I, but I do think, too, you know, people used to say actions speak louder than words. Mm. Uh, I think that's okay, but I think it's better when we say actions speak louder with words. Mm. So it's not, I'm just a quiet when witness. When in company together. They're in company together, Jackson, because mm. you'll find people say, I let my life witness and share my faith with others, and they never say anything. Mm. That's kind of dumb. Yeah. But then you find other people that are really outward spoken, and they're just driving the, the gospel at people, but they have a life that stinks mm. and doesn't even measure up in any way to Christ. Yeah. Yeah, so when those things are in concert together, yes. that's when it's really powerful. Right. That's right. And I, I, I would imagine in your own walk with Christ, you have gotten, I, I look at this passage and I just think how backwards I've gotten it so many times okay. and how often I forget this need to abide, this okay. need to care for my relationship with Jesus before I care about what I do for him. Yeah. And especially in ministry, it can get backwards, and especially all the different people that you've mentored in ministry. What What do you see kind of as the aftermath if you get that backwards, if you lose that uh, abiding to what you do well, and you I, put the doing Honestly, in it sounds kind of simplistic, but I, I think it just leads to burnout and leads to emptiness in your soul mm. because God wants a relationship with us and there's a he's calling us to a level of intimacy and we can't ever get away from that because that's where our power our success I don't even know if I want to use the word success but at least a authority to transmit the gospel and what the Christian life should all should be about mm. and uh, that's why I'm just driven by that thing apart from me you can do nothing apart from me you can do nothing remember nothing else remember that when it comes to John 15 mm. because we got to be connected to the vine yeah otherwise we're powerless and then and, and maybe we can accomplish some good things but the, and, and this sounds kind of stupid or selfish in a way, but you know, someday we read in, in the book of First Corinthians that we're going to have to stand before the, you know, the, the bema seat of Christ, and we're going to be judged on our works. And I, I think anything that's done in the flesh, anything that's done out of our own power, our own stuff, counts for zippo. Hmm. It's the things that we've done and accomplished in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because hmm. some guys, some guys are really gifted, Jackson and can accomplish a lot apart from God. I mean, yeah. that sounds pretty crazy, but it's true. Yeah. And we've seen it yeah. in, in different uh, ministries, different, you know, maybe even churches where guys are operating more in their their natural giftedness or their God-given giftedness, but not apart from God, without the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and then there, what we see so often is their opportunities outpace their character. Yeah, we talked about that the last time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah because, yeah. you know, that's what happens, you know, and, and uh, I've seen guys that just get uh, to a point in their lives, I think, where they've operated out of their own selfishness or their own uh, flesh, and, and it comes up empty. Mm. And so would you say if somebody's watching right now and they're feeling just so burnt out in their faith, would you say, man, the first step 
backwards or the first step yeah. forwards is yeah. to is to go back to yes, that remaining uh, no doubt abiding my, it's remaining and abiding we could talk about sometime the the discipline spiritual disciplines and things but i do think and maybe i've shared that with you before jackson but i think all of us kind of connect with jesus uh different ways hmm. um and for some it's it's reading the scriptures every day and that just refreshes their soul for some, it's in addition to reading the scriptures, maybe listening to deeper soul Christian music, just feeding your soul. Maybe mm. it's getting out in the woods and walking with the, with the scriptures. Maybe it's uh, being with some others and just praying to, together three or four times a week. Whatever it is that's refreshing your soul has to be keeping, I mean, we gotta keep doing that. Mm. You know, and, and some people, you know, journal. And uh, I always say to the people that journal, Jesus didn't journal, I don't journal. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, you You're know, like, that's some, my excuse. That's my excuse. Yeah. But some people love to write, and it's almost their way of, of connecting with God in a very personal, deep way. That intimacy comes out in their writing and stuff. Uh, you know, but, uh, but I think it's good for us to even think about how we, you might connect with God in a little different way than I do. So yeah. your abiding in Christ might be represented by a different discipline maybe, mine might be, but the thing is we got to get back to that. So if I drift away from that, I'm going to be operating in emptiness in yeah. my opinion. Now we can maybe get away with that for a short time. For a while. But you're asking for trouble yeah. long term. Yeah, because emptiness ultimately that burnout that follows it generally leads to then sinfulness oh, and it does. you know it just it becomes this kind of spiral out of control yeah, you're out and you're you're asking for trouble yeah and i love what you're pointing out too jack that abiding it looks different person to person like we might read this text about abiding in christ and based on if you grew up around church or sure. just the common action step you hear you might think like okay so i just need to I just need to read scripture every day. No, no. And that's what abiding yeah, is. No. Like, how do I, if if that's been kind of my only experience with trying to abide, mm -hmm. is I've just been coming to scripture and maybe I don't have deep understanding of it, so it's been challenging for me, or I, I don't know what those other paths, like how do I begin to kind of yeah. develop what it looks like to abide in my own life? I, you know, I, I don't have an easy answer to that, Jackson, but I do think you have to search your own heart. What brings renewal to me? What is it that brings me closer to God? What is it that creates that intimacy with me? You know, and for me even, I am probably more of a, a verbal person than I am a written person. I would much rather sit and, and listen to you preach mm. than maybe reading the scriptures on my own. Now that sounds kind of weird, but I, I don't know what it is. I'll take notes, write a few comments, and hopefully I can leave, you know, after hearing a message on a podcast or somebody's message online or hearing Tom or even you, Jackson, I'll write myself a couple notes. And those are kind of my, I don't know, nuggets for the day. Yeah. You know, and even when I do my devotions in the morning, I like to be able to walk away from that and have one thought for the day. Mm. Just the other day I was reading... Uh, that old passage that all of us quote so often, and it's Romans 8:28. What's it say? Put all, you on the spot. All, all of, things work all together. Things work for together. Good. Yeah. We quote that so often, but Jackson, we miss the first two words. Mm. I quote that. I quote it to Tanner, our video guy. All things work <laughs> together for good. Yeah. I that rolls off my tongue so easily. But you know what the first two words of that passage says? Mm. We know. Mm. 
we know all things work together for the good. Hmm. So I was carrying that thought for two or three days because we know, we don't hope, we don't suspect, we don't think, we, you know, we know all hmm. things work together for good. And so it, it draws me back. So I'll, I'll try to kind of, it doesn't happen every day, yeah. but I'll, I'll glean something out of what I'm reading and, and I'll hang on that for the day. And then maybe three or four days later, I'll even forget that. Yeah. But I got something else that's new and reviving and nourishing my soul yeah. that day. Yeah. So that sounds kind of goofy, but that's for me. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. Even kind of hearing the process that you've gone through in, in mm -hmm. finding that. And I think it's totally fair to have, especially when you're starting out, and I imagine yes. this was the way for you, some exploration. Like, sure. I don't know, maybe I'll try some journaling and I'll right. see what connects right. there. And right. maybe I'll try some prayer yes. groups and see what connects there. No, like, good point. We don't need to be yep. finished in, no. our, in our faith or even our understanding of abiding right. for us right. personally. Right. That can be an ongoing process. It is, and I, I, great point. And I, and I, I, I like what you said. If, if we have somebody listening today or the, tonight, whenever it is, exploring those things looking at those things and seeing what nourishes their soul what creates that intimacy what creates that remaining what creates that abiding yeah that's a big deal yeah you know and for me sometimes i i when i think back to kind of how this process has been for me and again it is ongoing i i think there's been certain really impactful moments for me in my life spiritually. Okay. And it almost looks like flagging some of those and saying like, what was it about oh, that moment okay. that was yep. so impactful sure. that I got kind of caught up in and that I really felt refreshed and revived yep. and felt close to God again. Were those um, kind of things that maybe there was decisions that you made based out of that? A lot of it was was more like, man, I, I walked away and I just felt full again. Okay. You know, and that yeah. and I started marking like, okay, those were moments that I felt full. What do they have in common? Mm -hmm. What what do I see kind of characteristically carry through them? Sure. Um, a lot of them were were heavily tied to um, some great moments of worship, yeah. which was yeah. interesting for me yeah. to say, okay, um, I've never really maybe noticed that about myself, that I care that deeply about worship, or okay. that it really does connect me. It gives that abiding um, reality to my life where I'm full again, and I'm yeah. connected you back. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it, uh, I, I'm a big camp person, you know that. Yeah. But I, I could go to a couple specific places at Christian camps, and I revisit that location, and it renews me because mm. I remember a decision that I made at that point in a certain time like there was a there was a time even at a father-son retreat I can tell you exactly where I was sitting mm. it's fascinating I don't know if you ever talked to Kyle Patrick about this but you know he always would be part of our junior high camp up at Crestline at Thousand Pines yeah and one couple years back um, Kyle came up to me and said Jack let me show you something he takes me to the back two rows on the right side as you walk in and he said, I was sitting there when I accepted Christ. Hmm. Now that is pretty cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's powerful. That is powerful. And, it, and in a sense, it's renewing your soul because that's where I made a decision to follow Christ. Now, for me, it was related to, you know, being a ding dong father. I kind of <laughs> recommitted myself to being a great dad. And since then, I've been a great dad. Yeah, you've you been know, killing yeah, it ever since then. But, but I mean, I point to that one location. There's a couple places, even at different camps, where. You know, the Lord kind of, I don't mean verbally, but spoke to me and said, Jack, this is this needs to be corrected. Yeah. This needs to be changed. And it, and it, to me, it was abiding because I'm listening. And it relates a little bit to what I said yesterday too, Jackson, about pruning. 
in verse 2, it says God prunes us. Mm. Now, you got to remember this whole John 15 is only for Christians. Yeah. And so I think we maybe should emphasize that more. We got people maybe coming to the service yesterday that didn't know the Lord in a personal way. This is for us. Yeah, this you, is, can't, this is you can't abide in him no. if the relationship's <laughs> yeah. not it there. Ain't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that pruning was so important to me. And it sounds kind of weird, but as I've grown older in my faith, I want the Lord's pruning because mm. I know that makes me more productive. I know that is good in the in light of God's kingdom. Yeah. And uh, so even like I mentioned yesterday, there's a couple of ways. I think sometimes God prunes us uh, through the word of God. So I'm reading the scriptures and it's almost like God uses that to convict me of my sin. Yeah. He uses that to cleanse my soul because again, not forgetting that the Holy Spirit uses the word of God as a vehicle to bring change in my life. Mm. You know, that's something. And then I camp on that other passage in Hebrews 12, where it says, uh, just like a father disciplines his son, God disciplines us. Mm. And I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a chicken Christian. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? I don't want to be a ding dong. I don't want to be a donkey. I don't want God's discipline. I don't want God to spank me. I don't want God to have to take me to the woodshed. Yeah. I want to be a good boy. Yeah. You know, and I want to be obedient. I want to try to do what God's called me to do. And if I end up being a, a ding-dong, uh, I think God's going to bring chastening in my life. Mm, mm, that's powerful. Man, well, I hope it's been an encouraging conversation for you, even as you're uh, on this journey together with us trying to figure out what it looks like to abide uh, today. Yeah. And uh, Jack, thanks so much for the time. I no, appreciate it. No, Jackson, it's always a privilege to be here. And we just hopeful, uh, reminding people about remaining, abiding in Christ. That's what it's about, that intimacy. Yeah. And as always, don't forget to like the video, maybe comment a tangible takeaway you've got from this weekend's message. Uh, and as always, if you subscribe, you'll get some notifications about uh, when we post videos in the future. So we'd encourage you to do that too. But with that said, we'll catch you guys next week on yeah. Tangible Takeaways. Okay.